But this isn't Bethlehem. Out here we don't hear no angel choirs, just traffic and some squealing tires. And there aren't no shepherds keeping watch around campfires. Merry isolated Christmas, Winnipeg and Manitoba. I hope it's not too isolated. We're back with a special Christmas features a series of ICYA Raw episodes because we knew everyone's going to be sitting at home bored in isolation looking for something to do. So we thought, hey, maybe let's put some episodes up. So the first episode of the ICYA Raw Christmas Features series features Andrew Reimer, one of our community ministers who wrote a great poem that you'll hear us talk about shortly. Now, there's one comment I got to make about the sound. You will have already have figured out that I'm no sound professional. I have uh, been mostly a teacher and now I work as the director of development at Inner City Youth Alive. I'm no expert in a sound booth, and that is demonstrated in this episode as um, I wanted to record this interview on my iPhone because they are pretty solid for their audio quality and recording, but not when you leave your AirPods in your ears and all of the recording, all the miking for the recording goes through your AirPods instead of through the iPhone. And as you will hear, that's what happened here. But I think it's listenable. Just put yourself in kind of a, you know, 1980s AM radio listening kind of mode. And you'll just feel nostalgia. And it'll feel like you've uh, traveled back in time to a simpler time when we were allowed to see each other at Christmas. Oh, we will again this time next year. But we'll just, we're going to put up with it for this year and make it through. Anyway, here, enjoy this interview with Andrew Reimer and myself as we talk about his poem, This Isn't Bethlehem. Okay, um, so here's the story of how I got to wanting to put your poem on a podcast. We were having our 9 o'clock prayer meeting, and I was singing Christmas songs. And Harvey disappears suddenly, and he comes back, and he reads this poem. And I, at the end, I go, "Who was that? Was that like? Because I thought I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not just, I'm not, not kissing up or anything. I, I thought it was like Bruce Coburn or, or uh, Leonard Cohen, maybe. This, because it was a really good poem. And he says, "It's Andrew Reimer, like our Andrew Reimer." Yeah, he he wrote that a few years ago. And so I was like, okay, well, we got to do something with this. So that's what you're going to hear after this portion is this, the, I guess it's a poem, eh? The poem called, This Is Not Bethlehem. Um, But before we do that, I wanted to have Andrew talk about the genesis of this poem. Where did this come from? How did this beautiful work of art, well, it's kind of beautiful and it's beautiful in a dark way, right? Like it's harsh. And that has its own kind of beauty to it. And so that's what struck me about it. So how did this get started? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I wrote this probably about six years ago or something. Um, and I was thinking of something to write for, 
for that we can share with uh, share with people who read the you know the Urban Edge and okay, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try a poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and thinking about Christmas and, and and I think sometimes Christmas can seem uh, so disconnected from the reality of, of North End life. Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of people's lives, um, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of really, you know, uh, talk of joy and peace, mm-hmm. and, there, and there's, you know, the, you know, the, the Christmas story sometimes, yeah, you know, has that romantic feeling to it, which, mm-hmm. which is there, but, um, so I was just sort of thinking about, um, I was wrestling with what is the what is this story, and what is the, and not just the story of Christmas, but the kind of the, the meaning mm-hmm. of Jesus' birth? How, how can we start to imagine that as having a real connection with what's happening here? Well, it's interesting that you, because in so, some ways I want to say a reimagining, but I think in some ways what that poem did is, um, get us closer to the original imagination because you said like that line where you say um, you kind of cast the shepherds as like the, the outsiders yeah. and the liars I think you said we got and, and so we got our own liars, uh, folks, who, labeled liars. folks labeled liars that's yeah. right which that's what always strikes me about the, about the Christmas story is how it doesn't actually jive with the values that we put on to Christmas right like the fact that the shepherds get an angel choir to announce the message and the rich and the powerful the kings they get like a a facebook notification but they gotta be they gotta be watching for it like they get a star in the east and they're they're not left out but they so many rich people miss it because they're not they're not tuned into it and you kind of be taking us back to that place yeah so um yeah and, and and um in some of the, there's some really particular references in, in the in the poem as well. Um, That's what set me off at halfway through what he says, something about the guys at the Yale. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this isn't a song. It turns outside the Yale. Yeah. <laughs> he references the Yale, which to our listeners is a hotel on Main Street. And that's what I knew. It's one of the notorious kind of rough, uh, you know, drinking spots in the north. And what do you say, what was that, what was that one talking about? Um, well, that, that's the whole idea of where, you know, uh, we, we've got some folks labeled liars Mm -hmm. and, and basically the, just like the the angels came to the shepherds who Mm -hmm. were, shepherds were not considered trustworthy, uh, upstanding citizens. And and that's who the angels come to announce the news to. So, Mm -hmm. so I'm just thinking about, well, okay, we've got some folks labeled liars, you Mm -hmm. know, if the drunks outside the Yale or the gangsters in jail. Yeah. Saw the shining hosts of heaven. Who would believe them? Yeah. Yeah, which brings it right close to home. It's a very Winnipeg Christmas story, which that it's a pretty cool idea. So did you do anything with it beyond, uh, I know you read it on the Story Studio site, or took, they made a video of it for the Story Studio site a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done anything else with it? Uh, I've, I've read it. I've read it out loud as a spoken word a couple of times mm. at a few different uh, events. At my, yeah, one one time here with some 
one of our young adults Christmas banquets. Eh? Well, and we should I shouldn't miss out the background piece because again to the people listening, what you got to understand about Andrew Reimer and a bunch of the employees who work every day at ICYA is they also live the rest of their life one block, or I guess it's two blocks over, on Burroughs Avenue, which is uh, not exactly one of the high places in Winnipeg. Um, and you've been there for a lot of years now. So what brought you to life in the inner city from, you're not a, you're a, yeah, I grew up in Steinbeck. You grew up in Steinbeck, and yeah. then spent the last, what, 20 years? 19 this year. Wow. On Burroughs Avenue, the block, the first block off Main, in fact. Well, it was the third block off Main, maybe. Yeah, well, and uh, we, my wife and I, uh, we were um, young, young adults, young married. Mm-hmm. We were sort of seeking, where is God leading us? What's our life going to be about? We started getting kind of inspired about like, hey, we could maybe we could kind of live out our faith uh, in, in a community um, on the margins. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, anyway, long story, but we ended up um, getting uh, commissioned to, uh, to start a little church plant in, mm-hmm. in the North End, partnering with Inner City Youth Alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the, the, the job or the, the mission that we had. And we were like, man, we, if we're going to do this, we really want to do this as insiders, as part of the community. We, we yeah. want to join the community. Um, we want to, we want to relate to people as neighbors. Yeah. Um, and so that whole idea of, you know, like this incarnational idea of, you know, Jesus, the word became flesh and moved yeah. into the neighborhood. That was, this comes from. Are you referencing John Perkins there? Uh, Eugene Peterson has that oh, okay. in I, John one fourteen. Yeah. Uh, one influential voice I remember was uh, what does he always he always describes himself as the grandson or the son of a sharecropper. He mm-hmm. did inner city work I think in St. Louis. For John Perkins. Yeah, and he he had this in Mississippi. So in Mississippi, and he had this book called Beyond Charity. Mm-hmm. And so many people who have moved into the inner city who I talked to referenced that book oh, yeah. as, as a big, and it was for me, the quote that stuck in my head for, I guess, decades now was he, he, he talks like a, a preacher in a, you know, a black gospel kind of church. And he says, uh, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he, showed up in the neighborhood <laughs> right and then he'd always say relocation is incarnation and so you guys you specifically all the work the icya staff and beyond who live on birth there sort of embody to me this relocation is incarnation so has that been uh the fulfillment of a lifelong dream hasn't come without uh some pretty significant challenges yeah yes yeah, um it's it's been challenging, and then there's times too when when we honestly feel like, man, are we? You know, we're still insulated. We're, mm-hmm. we're living in the neighborhood, but we still mm-hmm. uh, we 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 we're insulated, and, and we have levels of privilege that mm-hmm. that most of our neighbors don't have. Mm-hmm. So we're here, but yeah, we're still. Nah. There's things that that make us realize, yeah, we're there. It's not the same. 
experience that we are having here as some of our neighbors are. Some, but at least we have, we, we, we do share some experiences yeah. with our neighbors. Some borders go beyond simply geography. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think the, so I mentioned, you know, this, this incarnational, the word becomes flesh. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what this, this poem is about. And that's where it ends up is, you know, the word, that, <laughs> mm-hmm. the word that we need yeah. is God writing in the flesh of Jesus. Right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that whole idea of um, just f- like um, the fact that, that, uh, that God is with us in our human experience and God is with um, the people in our community who, who are suffering and facing poverty, social rejection, colonization, mm-hmm. uh, different kinds of injustice and, and all of these things. Um, the fact that when Jesus comes, when he, when Jesus came, mm-hmm. he came into those kind of experiences, those, things, yeah. those, those experiences. And, and when we start to, for me at least, like that's what I get excited about is finding, seeing the connecting points between mm-hmm. the gospel story mm-hmm. and the story of people's lives. Yeah. He um, came right to the center of a people who have pushed down. Yeah. And pushed to the edges and excluded. Yeah. So you kind of, yeah, in, in the poem, you kind of hear, hear about some of those, um, those uh, connections, seeing like, Hey, this is what, what, what Jesus came into and what he and his family experienced are a whole lot like the things that mm-hmm. a lot of families here experience. Okay. Well, thanks for introducing that. And let's hear that poem. This isn't Bethlehem. Well, we've heard the words, good tidings of great joy. So now we've got a scrounge to get our kids some toys. Somehow it's all about a boy, a baby boy born in Bethlehem. We've heard it again and again. We get the rent to own furniture flyers with pictures of wise men. But this isn't Bethlehem. Out here we don't hear no angel choirs, just traffic and some squealing tires. And there aren't no shepherds keeping watch around campfires. Come to think of it though, we've got some shepherds, some folks labeled liars. If the drunks outside the Yale, or the gangsters in jail, or the kids at 7-Eleven saw the shining hosts of heaven, who would believe them? Who would follow these witnesses to go searching for a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a CFS hotel room? This isn't Bethlehem. So where is the Messiah? Where is the Lord? We've got so many messiahs, it's hard to know where to start. Their campaign signs dot the lawns like art. And our saviors come in church vans to serve us pop and hot dogs every time they get the chance. And lords, there's lots of them. Landlords, lenders, lawyers, and more. They decide your life when you are poor. Who gets a job? Who gets your kids? Who gets to have keys that open a door? Mary and Joseph, would they understand what it's like to be homeless in the heart of your homeland? This isn't Bethlehem, and Christmas time for some of us around here can get so sad and lonely that the choice is only more pain or more beer. No, this isn't Bethlehem, but could we still hear the holy angels saying, do not fear? 
And if it's all about a baby, could we hear about a beautiful brown baby boy who knows our fears and hurts and joys? A Lord who receives our gifts, who receives our little drummer girls and boys. There's been so many words, so much noise. So if this isn't Bethlehem, then the word we need, the word that frees us, is God writing, I am here, I know your tears, in the flesh of Jesus. Jesus.